0: Nation members remain our hosts, and we give thanks for how they have lived in good relations with the land and the water. They inspire us to affirm our own commitment to the Creator, to practice good relations with the land and the water and with these sovereign Indigenous nations. This Advent, we have been asked to dare. And what is faith if not a dare? A dare to live as though you and I matter. As though this world and everyone in it matter. So we dare to imagine. In week one, we dared to imagine that God is good, which gives us hope. In week two, we imagine that God embraces us which gives us peace. In week three, we imagine God's song, which gives us joy. And now in week four, we dare to imagine God's face turned toward us in love. So, I dare you now. I dare you to imagine that love, love, is the ultimate reality in this universe this is a big dare it's a big ask but don't worry even when our imagination fails even when our courage is small or non-existent nothing can separate us from the love of god in jesus christ our lord So, come. Come as you are. Come with your needs, your doubts, your dreams, your hopes. Come, expecting God to meet us, here and in our innermost longing of our souls. Watch. Wait. Let us begin our watching and waiting by joining in song. You can turn to number 62 in voices together. Gottes ist Gegenwärtig, God is here among us. song is number 276, Solemn Stillness, Weary Streets.
1: shepherds in the field
0: light the candles now, so if you'll turn to the back of your order of worship, or the second page, I guess, you'll see the candle lighting litany. We light a candle of hope, and we imagine God's righteousness, God's steadfast love, God's justice. We light Candle of peace, and we imagine. God's we light a candle of joy, and we imagine. We light a candle of love, and imagine. We light the candle and pray for God's face to shine on us, to save us, restore us. That. We are God's wonders. Bless us, wonders. Turn to number two, eleven. Hope is a candle. Our prayer of confession and receiving assurance is also found on the second page of your order of worship. Let's pray together. We notice, O oh God, that when you feed people, everyone has enough. Teach us to love. We notice that in our world, there are many ladders and many are climbing. God of mercy, lower us, raise us, empty us, and fill us. Like an empty manger, we want to be ready to receive Emmanuel. Our souls magnify the Lord. Our spirits rejoice in God our Savior. God has looked with favor on our lowliness. The Mighty One has done great things for us. And holy is God's name. Friends, please stand and greet each other with peace. And since this is the fourth Sunday of Advent, the Sunday of love, I suggest we greet each other with hearts. Um, and share the love of God with each other. So please stand. So John is demonstrating the big heart. The scripture readers can come forward now.
2: Elizabeth, six months of pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to a virgin girl who lived in Nazareth, a town in Galilee. She was engaged to marry a man named Joseph from the family of David. Her name was Mary. The angel came to her and said,
3: Greetings. The Lord is with you. You are very special to him.
2: But Mary was confused about what the angel had said. What does this
3: mean? Don't be afraid, Mary, because God is very pleased with you. Listen, you will become pregnant and have a baby boy. You will name him Jesus. He will be great. People will call him the son of the Most High God, and the Lord God will make him king like his ancestor David. He will rule over the people of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end.
4: How will this happen? I am still a virgin.
3: The Holy Spirit will come to you, and the power of the Most High God will cover you. The baby will be holy and will be called the Son of God. And here's something else. Your relative Elizabeth is pregnant. She is very old, but she is going to have a son. Everyone thought she could not have a baby, but she has been pregnant now for six months. God can do anything. I am the Lord's servant.
4: Let this thing you have said happen to me.
2: Then the angel went away. Mary got up and went quickly to a town in the hill country of Judea. She went, to, she went into Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When, El- when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the unborn baby inside her jumped, and she is filled with the Holy Spirit.
3: God has blessed you more than any other woman, and God has blessed the baby you will have. You are the mother of my Lord, and you have come to me. Why has something so good happened to me? When I heard your voice, the baby inside me jumped with joy. Great blessings are yours because you believed what the Lord said to you. You believed this would happen.
4: I praise the Lord with all my heart. I am very happy because God is my savior. I am not important, but he has shown his care for me, his lowly servants. From now until the end of time, people will remember how much God blessed me. Yes, the powerful one has done great things for me. His name is very holy. He always gives mercy to those who worship him. He reached out his arm and showed his power. He scattered those who are proud and think great things about themselves. He brought down rulers from their thrones and raised up the humble people. He filled the hungry with good things, but he sent the rich away with nothing. God has helped Israel, the people he chose to serve him. He did not forget his promise to give us his mercy. He has done what he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever.
2: Mary stayed with Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about 3 months and then went home.
3: Hey, oh.
5: hey thanks for coming up. All of you. And before I get into stuff, thank you for your reading scripture. That was really special to me. I asked for all that scripture to be read. That was not what was called for today. I was like, this much? And I asked for this much. And that was really special to hear all of your voices and hear all of you reading. So thank you. So one of the things I'm going to be talking about today is where you feel safe, where you feel you can, places that you feel or with people that you feel you can be completely just who you are. Can you think of spaces or places like that for you?
2: My family
5: is there. No one else is really there. No. Mm-hmm. You were going to say? Uh, actually, the same. The same. Excellent. Yeah, well, that's a really important place. That's the first place that comes to mind for me, too. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that makes me really happy to hear, because that's really important, that home feels like a safe place that you can be yourself. And that's, sadly, that's not true for everybody. But I'm really, really thankful that that's true for you and for me. Any other places? Maybe not in the same way, but yeah.
4: Um, School, because I feel like I can say what I want to say and do what I want to do while I'm there, because even if my classmates think think it's weird, I don't care.
5: Wow, that is fantastic. That is fantastic. I'm really glad to hear that. I hadn't always feel that way in school and I'm really glad you do. Hmm. So I wanted to share a couple of my other places. Home definitely for me is one of those places with Rachel and Daniel and John. Another place that's very different and definitely not the same, but is a place I feel like I can be myself And it's important to me, I've learned, is playing Frisbee. Once a week, I play Frisbee with a group of people and they're good friends. And there's something about moving my body with friends like that and just being outside that's really important to me and feels like an important place for me, a safe place in many respects. And then there's one more place that came to mind for me. Right here. I'm someone that in general tends to be a quiet person. <laughs> Does that surprise you a little bit? Yeah, I, I, my default, what I usually do is I like to listen and and think about what others say. I don't tend to usually like to pipe up and talk a lot. But you've certainly seen me do that here, haven't you? And you've seen me do some you silly things here, haven't you? Right, at times? And you've probably seen me be pretty emotional at times too. Maybe even cry up front. And that says to me that this space feels like a safe place to me that I can be all that I am. And that's really important. Um, now, there probably will be times in life where you won't feel completely safe or you don't feel like you can be yourself. And that's why I think it's really important to think about the places and people that you do feel like you can be yourself with, that you do feel safe. And when those times happen, that you can go to those people, those places. And here's the real tough part. Talk to them about it, because I'll tell you, that can really, really help. And a a really important thing to remember as well is that when it comes to your body, you can always choose what you want to do and how you want to be and what you don't want to do. That is always your choice. So I really hope that our time together as a church family feels like a safe place to you, a place where you can be just who you are, because I know God loves you just the way you are. And we do too. So thanks for listening, and you can go back to your seat. Before I begin, I would just like to point out that in the Advent Christmas Epiphany season this year, I'm the only man bringing a message. And of course, it would be on the Sunday of Mary's Magnificat. So sorry about that, but I will do what I can to do this justice as much as I can. And I will lend my thoughts and imagination and experiences and I encourage you to bring yours. And if there are elements that I omit or overlook that you feel should be brought out, let us know during sharing time. Mary's Magnificat is a powerful piece. It has been made into song over and over again. Mary's words have moved and inspired people for centuries, for millennia. If we remove these words from the warm fuzzies of Christmas, this could be assumed to be a psalm. And if we look at it honestly, we may not be comfortable with what we see. It's a radical declaration of something new. It's a call for revolution like nothing the world has ever seen, a great leveling, filling the hungry with good things and sending the rich away empty, and mercy for everyone, mercy for all. These are things our society could never get behind. But I'm not a theologian. I'm not someone who can dissect and do these beautiful, powerful words justice. I'm also clearly not intimately aware of the experience of growing a baby in me and birthing a child. However, I am someone who considers the feelings, rationales, and motivations of people. It's the writer, director, actor in me. And so on this fourth Sunday of Advent, as the lights go out, I'd like you to spend some time with me, not looking at this powerful text, but looking and thinking and dreaming about how we get to this text, how Mary got to this text. We have to go back a little further than what the lectionary would have us read today. We have to go back to when the angel Gabriel first came to this tween, because she likely was 12 or 13. So what was this like for Mary? I mean, she's a young, poor teenage girl who's betrothed to Joseph, probably got, has gotten, not gotten very far from Nazareth in her life, probably isn't someone of any consequence to the people in her town. And boom! Gabriel! What was that inter- interaction like? Was Gabriel like how we've seen angels portrayed a billion times, shiny and loud and dramatic, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. And then Gabriel says what angels seem to always say. Do not be afraid. Or was it just more of a surprise? Like Mary was folding laundry, humming a song to herself, and boom, there was the angel Gabriel behind her saying, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. And then, because of the startling entrance, Gabriel felt compelled to say, "Oh, sorry for sneaking up on you there. Don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. However Gabriel got there, or whatever Gabriel looked like, this intro clearly didn't make the impact the angel might have hoped for since this exciting, world-changing entrance should bring. Luke says that Mary was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting... This might be. Is this guy a traveling used cart salesman? Is he here to try to take me away somewhere? Is this good news for me or just this weirdo? Gabriel continues, You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Mary's pretty brave at this point, with this guy, creep, angel, who's appeared alone to her, and she asks, How can this be, since I'm a virgin? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. Okay, well, that's a lot to take in. Did Mary just accept that? Was she still skeptical? Maybe she hadn't been won over until the angel continued, and now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be barren. For nothing is impassable with God. If it's it's after the angel makes this connection to someone she knows, someone she trusts, that Mary seems to make the shift and trust this spirit. As fast as the response comes in the scripture, i I personally can't imagine that it didn't take her a little bit of time to get to this statement, but she agrees and inspires an excellent Beatles song. Let it be. She says, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Does she fully grasp what she's just said? Maybe. Maybe. I can't fathom fully understanding just what I'd have committed in that moment. And here's a huge what if, if she could see all that is to come for her, would she still have said yes to bring up such a child? What must that have been like? And then when he began his ministry, to excitedly come to see him and be sent away with him saying, "Who is my mother? Who are my siblings?" and then saying to the crowd, here are my mother, here are my siblings. How that had to sting. And then to watch your own flesh and blood that you loved and cared for, dying on the cross as if he were some common criminal. Knowing all that, would she have accepted this call? Maybe. This clearly is a very strong young woman. And boom! Boom! the angel leaves. Now begins the time I really want us to sit with. This is the time that resonates very strongly with me, this time between finding out this news and seeing Elizabeth and our scripture for today, the Magnificat. All we read in Luke is, In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to the Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. This space between feels like Advent. It feels like this Advent, the space between the angel and Elizabeth. We've committed. We've said yes. We're waiting for what's already happened. We're alone and scared and out of our depths and feel very small and insignificant. And yet we've been given a powerful task by God. And what will this mean? How will this change us? Think of all the things that make your life complex, difficult troublesome. All the worries that are a part of your existence. Now consider this girl named Mary, who finds herself pregnant. How does this look? What will this mean for her? She's been told some pretty grandiose things, but she's a poor girl from a backwater town whose fiance would be well within his right to stone her to death since she's now pregnant pregnant out of wedlock. I don't think she went with haste to Elizabeth's place out of excitement and anticipation. Maybe there was some semblance of those feelings deep within her but I think all the fear and worry and unknowns that I just mentioned had to be occupying her mind. All the mundane but important logistical elements of life as a young teen in a small town with this new reality had to be swirling through her head. This is not an easy space to be in. There is hope and excitement buried somewhere in there, there's probably a deep knowing that what is to come has already been set on course in your yes to God, but it's hard to see how this will work. It's hard to see where to turn or how you can move forward. I think Mary runs to the one place, the one safe place she can think of. She's been told Elizabeth is pregnant too. Hopefully she'll understand. Maybe she'll understand. Or maybe this new reality will change everything about their relationship. But where else can Mary go? Where would you go? Where do you go for comfort, for understanding? Where is your safe place or places? And what makes them that way for you? Did Mary feel relief upon seeing Elizabeth? Or was she still concerned about how Elizabeth would see her now that she was pregnant? Would Elizabeth respond with concern, with judgment? What can we learn from Elizabeth's response? Because it is this exclamation and response of welcome and love and acceptance that prompts Mary's Magnificat. It's not seeing an angel. It's not knowing you carry God's child in you. It is feeling the love and acceptance and understanding of someone you trust and admire. It is hearing Elizabeth say, blessed are you among women. Here is everything this scared girl needed to hear. Here is the unconditional love and companionship that will help her, sustain her, encourage her, love her. Now all those worries and concerns are put into proportion. Now the magnitude and astonishing gift given to her by God can be appreciated, understood, felt. You are loved just As you are, you are a gift to the world. You are doing a great thing. Even if this world does not understand, and the angel is right, there is no need to fear. You have support. You have love, not just in heaven, not just in your heart, but real Palpable love for you in this world, and it will be all these loves, all these gifts from our Creator that are now that you now recognize that you know are true now in this moment. How will you respond? Have you gotten to Mary's response? Are you ready to sing with her? Or maybe you're still somewhere on the road to Elizabeth's, still preoccupied or maybe even overwhelmed by all the stark realities and troubles of life. Wherever you are, know that you have a safe place. You will get there. And you will sing. And what a song it will be. Thank you, Peter.
0: We'll begin our reflecting and responding time by hearing Mary's song, number 412, My Soul Cries Out.
1: Shout that the God of my heart is great, and my spirit sings of the wondrous things
3: that you bring to the ones who
0: Let's continue praying together. God, we long for the time when our crushing fears are met with joy. We know sorrow's curse is torn. We long to hear the music and fling our load down, to unbend our tired form. We want these bright hours to circle around us, so we can sing swiftly and sweetly, hallelujah, joy to the world. God, thank you for holding us, rocking us like a child. Thank you for the gift of your love, and may your love strengthen us and give us courage to sing the song, to speak the words, to be the peace that we need to be in our home, in our neighborhood, in our community. In Jesus' name, amen. Hear these words of blessing. May the Christ who walks on wounded feet walk with you on the road. May the Christ who serves with wounded hands stretch out your hands to serve. May the Christ who loves with a wounded heart open up your heart to love. May you see the face of Christ in everyone you meet. And may everyone you meet see the face of Christ in you. Amen.